Welcome in to episode 19 of The Bluest Tape. I'm Harvey Couch alongside Jeff Kolath. And thanks for joining us as we take a journey through the live catalog of Widespread Panic. Um, whether it's your first or your 19th time, we appreciate you joining us. Feel free to um, tell your friends about it. And um, we, uh, we've got a, we've been doing a lot of sort of anniversary birthday celebrations and we've got another one this week yes happy birthday jerry garcia uh he would be would have been 75 today august 1st um and it's really hard to believe that jerry's been gone 22 years um at this point it would have been 22 years uh august 9th next yeah, week next week yeah. so um but happy birthday jerry you know again i think so much of what we appreciate about Panic and other bands of their ilk um, comes from him, comes from the Grateful Dead and sort of their spirit, so music, musical in- influence certainly, but I think just more the the spirit and the ethos of, of, of what their scene uh, became. Um, trying to focus on the good parts of the scene, of course. Uh, sure. Um, but I think, you know, Panic especially drew a lot of inspiration and some of the stuff we're going to play tonight. Um, you know, Panic was, for all intents and purposes, when they started off, I mean, they were a dead cover band in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Schools was a big deadhead. And obviously, um, there will always, as long as we are breathing on planet Earth, there will be Grateful Dead cover bands. <laughs> and and so there's and it there's no sh- there's no shame in it. Hey, if you can go out and get get paid or at least get free drinks and play friend of the devil and on an acoustic guitar at the local tavern, then so be it. But um, what I've always appreciated about Panic was they outgrew that um, pretty quickly. I think, mm-hmm. and moved on to their own material, moved on to, I mean, obviously they've always covered songs. Um, a lot of the cover songs that they've covered have become critical parts of their repertoire. But I think, um, again, not, not denying their influence on the band, but Panic really forged their own way. And I think, you know, obviously Panic had, had a pretty good reputation and was pretty big by the time The Dead ended in 95 and really didn't need to rely on, uh, on their connection to them like other bands had to back then and still have to in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, it almost seemed like they went out of their way to not. You know, I mean, there were plenty of opportunities for them to even just sort of hat tip. Um, you know, they played those uh, two two nights in, in Vegas in May of 95, like night mm-hmm. shows after dead shows during the day. It's like they could have done something then. They played, you know, countless shows at the Warfield. They played with Bob Weir um, in in 99, you know, and they play what me and the devil and Pusher Man, I think. And um, mm-hmm. so, you know, plenty of opportunities to um, the but they just never really did. I mean, it was like cream puff war. That was that was it up until, you know, um, the panic 3.0 and um but that always, you know, sort of, I respected that, that they weren't going to go down that, down that road. They did that and the, they had sort of moved on to, to a different space. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I've, I've, as much as I am not a huge fish fan, um, that's one of the things I always respected about fish too, was the fact that they, they kind of forged their own, their, their own path and which is, which, which is, you know, good on them and good. And I think what which I think is what Jerry would have wanted everybody to do, you know? 
Um, you know, I think he is a uniquely interesting and talented character in American popular music. And I think what's always so interesting to me is from what was where he comes from, you know, his background to playing in jug bands and playing bluegrass Mm -hmm. and being able, and obviously taking in a lot of influence, um, and turning it into something unique. I mean, again, he's just one of a unique voice on the guitar and everybody's got their dead era that they like. I'm very specific about what I listen to, um, as, as evidenced by my uh, rant against meaty Jerry the other other week. But I think, um, we, uh, we should, he will always hold a pretty high, or a pretty important spot in in in, the, in in this type of music, I guess, for lack of a better word, the jam band scene. Um, and it's obviously still relevant today. And again, it makes people money. And I think, if nothing else, um, it just keeps turning new people on and um, and into the scene. And hopefully, they're discovering it for the right reasons and discovering, um, you know, what made the music so special in the first place. I find it hard to believe that you are opinionated on dead eras. <laughs> never, but you never. Know, but what is what is you know one of the I on the other hand I can appreciate really almost every year you know of, well maybe not every year but I can appreciate every there every era of, of dead music uh, you know probably up until like ninety three I'd say but the thing that is really interesting is that they there are different segments of dead you know i mean there's there really are like delineated there's like you know late 60s and early 70s and mid 70s and you know they all sort of have their own style and influences and um and some people like just one kind and some people like all kinds and that's totally fine and that's great that like maybe somebody that would not otherwise go see a quote-unquote jam band can really appreciate like working man's dead and american beauty you know as like American songs that are, you know, they're not 12 minute, you know, spaces or whatever. So, um, I think, I think that's what a lot of band, the dead had something that a lot of bands didn't, which is they could make really good records. They could make really good records with 10, four or five minute songs on them. Um, Working Man's Dead and American Beauty are two fantastic, you know, essentially country rock records in a lot of ways. Um, and not to discount all of Garcia's uh, myriad other in, um, bands and, and groups that he played in, from the Jerry Band to Olden in the Way, which is something I just completely love mm-hmm. um love jerry's banjo playing and such so um and that's kind of where we're we're actually going to get started with uh, a se- selection of songs um that panic covered but also jerry and his in in the dead and jerry band also covered so we'll play a few selections um coming up here and we'll talk about them when we come back on the other side
That was widespread panic with a four songs um, that have played a role in Grateful Dead, Jerry Garcia Band, and uh, and, uh, and other solo works of his. Uh, we started off with a version of Let It Rock, the Chuck Berry song um, that Panic brought back at this show, uh, November 2nd, 1998, the show after Halloween 98, Macon, Georgia, with their good friend David Blackman on fiddle. I will say that this is a prime example of an afterglow show, which we can, mm-hmm. which we've discussed before. Mm-hmm. Um, next selection was Ju- July twentieth, nineteen ninety-seven, uh, Montgomery Civic Center in Montgomery, Alabama. Um, we played selections from Ju- uh, July eighteenth and the JoJo's birthday show um, from Memphis. This is a couple nights later. Um, Nobody's fault but mine uh, with the guys from Government Mule, uh, Warren Haynes, the late Alan Woody, and Matt App sitting in. And then Dear Mr. Fantasy from Halloween 1999 at the UNL Lakefront Arena in New Orleans, Louisiana. And then the last selection, um, one of one of our favorite versions of this song and one of our favorite covers that Panic has done over the years, the Warren Zevon classic Werewolves of London uh, from the Wolf Mountain Arena in Park City, Utah, June 1st, 1996. And I sounded like such a classic rock DJ right there. That was pretty, that was pretty good. <laughs> Not bad. Um, I'm going to take it from the from the last and move move start with the last song and move to the first one. This werewolves um, is I just I love it so much. I love that it starts with just the crunchy guitar. Like it's just I think that's the only time they ever did it like that, um, and it just rocks and. Uh, they've got the echo on School's voice so heavy that it like it's like he's singing on top of himself. Mm-hmm. I really dig that. And um, I was looking at the the every time played for werewolves, and and then using my Google machine, I was looking to see when they were full moons. 
because you know i don't have anything better to do with my life and um the uh, just looking at the um the hauser era um the oak mountain 2002 the show in 96 um they played it twice in 95 once in gainesville and once in red bank new jersey um all four of those were on full moons so except for halloween's you know or except for the 80s when they played it as sort of a regular cover and then halloween's the the next four times they played it were all uh, full moons and this one right. the double whammy because it was in wolf mountain arena <laughs> so no, nothing if not literal right that's for sure um the song before this the dear mr fantasy was um you know from the end of the first set and that that halloween night uh from the 99 run um not the longest fantasy but definitely um they packed a lot of punch in there and also the, this was the first this is the first time we visited uh uno lakefront arena on the pod it is Man. yes i don't know that well, I, we've got a we have a show on halloween this year so i think we'll probably come back it, at some point it may it may appear again um <laughs> uh, and then the no, nobody's fault is great and that's you know that's sort of the missing uh show between the uh the memphis shows we played and then or the memphis show we played and then the the shows from last week from you know july mm-hmm. 22nd the the carrot top spectacular um <laughs> and then uh yeah love the letter rock with uh with blackman it's uh that is definitely a, a solid afterglow show. It, uh, we were, you know, the Dear Mr. Fantasy, um, I think the second runner-up for that one was the one from Jackson, Mississippi in 95 from Millsaps. Um, it's just another one of those great songs that Panic has made their own um, over the years. Um, obviously, great traffic song, but Panic's you, Panic has a little bit of a unique take on it, and Hauser's Guitar Hours is really great. So, um, and again, those are all songs that jerry band or 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 the dead had 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 covered over the years and and also made their made those songs their own too definitely with their own spin on them so it's cool it's cool to look at uh common influences you know and 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 with garcia you know you're talking about um you know chuck berry and like you know a traditional song and then you know a, a traffic song and a and a warren zevon song that are more like contemporary type mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's like he 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 would take from you know early early music and then he would also take from you know stuff that was happening at the same time he was playing i mean all the way to the bitter end of the band i mean all those of, of the of the dead just all those what i what i found to be slow plotting blues covers um <laughs> but 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 they did them you know and again they put their own spin on them and found them found them in either first sets or you know pre-drums or something like that so um you know they're always there that influence never really goes away and it's still there uh, with panic you know from one kind favor and the school girl that shows up every now and again and and obviously chuck berry is another great uh guitar player whose influence is, is felt too so um so we're gonna jump uh into another quick segment here and we're gonna go to 1989 and play a couple songs um from march of that year and and harvey and his crack research team over over, over there in uh, in in midway have come up with uh, an interesting t- statistic about these songs well these were um these uh, it's um it's cryptical and the other one and it's essentially the the last performance 
by widespread panic of dead cover songs, I guess, other than Cream Puff War, um, in, you know, sort of in the, in that era until, you know, until 3.0. And, um, so I thought that was sort of a, you know, a moment, right. That it was like their one, uh, it's, you know, they talk uh, as a father, I haven't, haven't reached this point, but you know, there's, there's a point when, uh, it'll be the last time you pick your child up. Right. You know, and it's like at one point it gets too big. And so this is, you know, they maybe didn't realize that tonight, this night was going to be the last time they played a dead cover, but that's what it ended up being. And, um, I think it was, uh, it was a field party, right? Uh, at Carol, Carol Farms Pasture Party in Monroe, yep. Georgia. So, um, I'm sure that was a, I'm sure that was a good night. I don't know. That's the kind of pasture party I'd like to go to. <laughs> yeah. So let's, uh, let's take a listen and we'll come back on the other side and chat about them a little bit. Thank you. 
right, Widespread Panic, uh, honoring the Grateful Dead and Jerry Garcia. Uh, March 11th, 1989, Carroll Farms, a pasture party in Monroe, Georgia. Um, right at the very end of a th- monster three-set show with cryptical envelopment into into the other one, into a, an, an astronomy demine jam. Um, as we were talking about during the break, um, one of those things where they either there were still people in the pasture and they had to keep playing or they just flat ran out of stuff, other stuff to play and decided to bring back something they hadn't played since, uh, you know, uh, cryptical since Halloween 88 and the other one since June of 88. Yeah. The, uh, the third set is pretty solid. Um, <laughs> cream puff down on the farm, disco, little wing, low spark contentment, feeling all right. Driving, B of D, Jam, She Caught the Katie, Knocking Around the Zoo, Cryptical, Other One, Astronomy, Domine, Jam, Heaven. <laughs> Pretty good. I'd take one of those. I mean, it'd be all right. <laughs> I'd, even, I'd even take that as a one-set show. I mean, it wouldn't even have to be a third set. <laughs> I don't know if we can handle that as a third set these days. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, another just another good example. And again, like you said uh, in, in, the, in the intro, um, one of the last time or the last time that Panic played um, dead covers other than Cream Puff until until the later later iterations of the band. And again, I, I think it is such a important part of Panic's history, but it's also, again, like we said before, something that we should all, I think, really respect the band for is that they really tried to forge their own way um, after this point and trying. It's it's always risky to go out and play your own stuff, especially when you're playing the college circuit and the bar circuit. But Panic, you know, they did it. They, did, you know, soapbox here. They did it the right way um, mm-hmm. in trying and trying to find their own voice and again taking those influences. And again, it's not discounting that they did other cover songs, but. Um, trying to distance themselves maybe and perhaps intentionally from being in sort of that dead that dead universe and uh, and, and making their own way and I, I think again the influence will always be there but uh, but it's, it's I think and in, in, in the long run it was best it was what was best for the band yeah um, and again we are uh, we're celebrating uh, the birthday of Jerry Garcia it would have been the 75th anniversary of his birth uh, here uh, as this podcast comes out August 1st. Um, all right, we're going to put together one more um, sort of clump of songs here and or, or you know, s- sections. Uh, we're looking at uh, five, five different uh, sections of, of songs taken from different shows. And uh, this is, um, this is later years. You know, this is after the, you know, the, ear- the earliest that we're going to be playing is from 96. Um, and these are more some uh, sort of teases and jams of, of dead songs, the closest that they ever came to playing dead songs uh, in the later years. Uh, and then oftentimes, and, you know, this never sort of crossed, uh, I never noticed this before, but a lot of times, and these were mostly led by schools, I would say. I mean, mostly mm-hmm, like, absolutely. Uh, usually out of drums or, you know, or just but he would he would kind of work you know tease a, th- a theme um and then you know looking through the set list it was like more often than not those themes were going into garcia related songs and so um so that's what we have for the most part of here there are a couple sort of standalone jams but um but for several of these it's it's uh sort of dead theme jams going into garcia related songs so um 
we'll just let the music play and we'll come back and uh and tell you about it after this
Thank you. 
widespread panic with a series of teases, jams, and other related items from our honoring uh, Jerry Garcia here on his 75th birthday started off um, one of, at one of our favorite places in one of Panics 2, Oak Mountain Amphitheater in Pelham, Alabama, June 28, 1996 with the Dark Star Jam into And It Stoned Me. Then we moved on to the House of Blues, Myrtle Beach, uh, 1999, May 5th, 1999, that epic run um, of the Blues for Allah Jam. And then we moved back to Pelham, Alabama for two selections and another great run, July of 2001. Um, the, the 27th, Fire on the Mountain Jam into the Jimmy Cliff song, The Harder They Come. And then July 29th, the China Cat Sunflower Jam into Stir It Up. And then lastly, ending up out on the West Coast, uh, another great run, October 99 um, at the Warfield, October 16th, uh, the other one jam um, to close out the musical selections for, for this episode. Yeah, and I remember that um, that uh, the first time I heard that other one jam, uh, it was just like, man, they're I like uh, I knew that it what they weren't actually playing the song, but I was like, man, are they they really gonna? Because <laughs> schools <laughs> is pretty much playing it, uh, so. Uh, but yeah, no, those were those were kind of cool to to dig up. Those are those are things that you see in the set list, um, and sometimes you catch them when you're listening to the to the shows and sometimes you don't um but it was it's kind of neat to sort of uh, aggregate them all in in one spot and thanks to you and your technological know-how for able being able to splice all of this stuff together for us and this especially this section which was had to be quite a challenge with all the uh, yeah, jams and, and interstitials and such yeah cutting cutting the tape and taping it back together and uh, <laughs> it's really tough these days um but yeah i mean i think you know we just were saying how panic forged their own way but there's always the tip of the cap there's always the sort of um especially again like you said coming from schools um of where they come from and their appreciation for the band and again there's nothing there are a lot of things that will fire up a crowd but a uh a a, a grateful dead tease is certainly (laughs) one that 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 will get them going so um why don't we close out with sort of you know maybe just kind of talking about what about just since we're talking about jerry it is his 75th birthday like talk about like one particular show song band that he played with that really sort of still today really sort of hooks you i'll I'll let you start and i'm throwing you at throwing this as to you as a surprise so 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 unfair um (laughs) no well what i can't even remember like something came on today on like my on my like apple music mix there was a a garcia song and it was like i it was a dead song um man i don't even remember what it was but it was like immediately like put a smile on my face and like got my head kind of bopping like at work you know and it's like man like that's all it took you know is like <laughs> 10 seconds of you know trucking or whatever it was and um that it has that it just has that effect but as far as like the thing that that hooked me and i mean this is going to be um you know this is total cheese ball but i mean i'd heard the dead like you know listened to it and friends had played it and i was just always like oh you know it's fine you know i don't quite understand what the deal is and then um I was, I was driving in a car by myself and I like put a, like a, you know, a tape in and it was five, eight seventy seven and like Scarlet started. And I was like, 
this is amazing. Like it was just like a life changing experience driving down the road, listening to the Scarlet Fire from five eight seventy seven. And uh, I know that's you know a little corny to to pick that one moment, but it it's just that was that was the thing that that hooked me. Don't you know you're supposed to say that five seven seventy seven is better? I know, isn't that like, right? Yeah, isn't that what you're oh, supposed totally. to say? Totally, so much better. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think for me it was it was it's it's one thing, and then it's the thing that happens a lot in my current life, which is um, just like with Panic, um, the first first show I ever went to, the first time I heard sort of Hauser's guitar live, it was just sort of like this is where I'm supposed to be, and the first time I, I bought, I had I had skeletons from the closet, which I probably got from BMG or Columbia House or whatever. <laughs> but I, I think had, it was required to gain entry into college in the nineties. I think you had to have yeah, that on so. CD. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, or cassette but I had, either. Or cassette. I had Live Dead. I bought Live Dead, and just the first time I remember playing that and hearing sort of Garcia's licks at the start of Dark Star, it was sort of like this is where I'm supposed to be. Mm. And it's just to this day, if you have me force me to do desert dialing discs, I, that's one of the ones I choose specifically because of like that opening piece on dark star. Um, it's not the best dark star ever, but it is the one that I will most closely relate to, um, and or relate with, but even like this happened yesterday, um, sitting in my office playing, um, seven eighteen seventy two, and the dark star in that show, and I'm and started it and was listening to it, and then somebody comes into my office and sits down across the desk from me, and I didn't turn my music down, and it gets to the really like bucket up bucket up bucket up bucket up bucket up part, and it's like I still really want to know what my coworkers are thinking when that comes on in my office because right. it happens fairly often, <laughs> um, and it's just one of those things I will always enjoy because it's something that and one of the reasons why I love the dead and for a lot of bands this is not a reason to love them but for me this is why uh, one of the reasons why I love the dead is that when I want to engage with them it's like visiting an old friend and I want to be there and if I want to just passively engage with it it's there Mm -hmm. and I can ignore it and continue to do work and then there's stuff like that that happens that sort of makes you take notice and it's sort of like there are very few people in this world that can tolerate what, what is coming out of speakers right now. And I'm one of them and I'm happy to be part of the club. So, um, I think it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it's they're the dead have always gotten their due for what they're able to do. And Jerry has always gotten his due for, um, uh, his ability as a guitar player. But again, I think just, somebody there, the people that we all, that we revere the most and that we talk, we'll talk about, for a very long time are ones that truly understand American music and all the different parts that, 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 that make, that make it up. And he was one of them that got it and was able to put it all together in one package and out came out, out, out was out came the grateful dead. Um, and, uh, and obviously his other bands too. So we, 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 we tip our caps to you, uh, Jerry Garcia on your 75th birthday. Um, I want to just, that. You talking about listening to the to the dead at work uh, reminded me that there's a one of our listeners who uh, who I follow on Twitter and I encourage everybody else to to follow um, 
is his his handle is dead at work and so he says i'm listening to the grateful dead's catalog chronologically on archive.org while i'm at the office and this is what i think about it and he just sort of like every or he or she i don't even know every few hours will like chime in with a comment about you know some random passage from some show and uh it's pretty cool. So I will put the link in the show notes. It's at GD live. Listen. And, um, so it, he, it always pops up in my, in my thread and I'm like, Oh, I need to, I need to listen to that show or, you know, whichever one they're talking about at that moment. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in to episode 19. Um, many thanks to, again, the folks at panic stream for the great service that they provide to all of us in the community, everyday companion for, giving us all the statistics we can we can more statistics than we can ever possibly use and of course again to all of you for for listening and and following us on twitter and facebook and uh checking the website and of course um subscribing to the podcast um this is sort of a labor of love for us labor of love for us and we enjoy doing it but it's pretty rewarding to know that there are people listening to it too so thank you all very much happy birthday jerry 